The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MLB Waiver Wire Q&A. My name is Chris Crawford. I hope everyone is having a good Sunday and welcome everybody to Circling the Bases. Uh, For those of you who are digesting this in podcast form, I hope you're having a good Monday. Uh, With me today is my good buddy, Colin Henderson. Colin, how's it going? It is good. It is a nice Sunday out here on Long Island. The heat wave is rampant around the country, but Mm. if you happen to escape the city like I just did and find your way to a pool... It's not too bad. It's pretty nice. What, it's been a pretty nice weekend because of it. What are we talking about temperature wise over there? Uh, and I saw heat index of 103 today. Yeah, at, at least my phone will tell me right now somewhere in the 90s, 94. So 94. So it's 74 here, which is pretty great. <laughs> the great um, Northwest. But I will say it's getting into the 90s all week. And I think it'll get as high as 86. It's only 1220 as we're recording right now in the afternoon. We I would never make Colin record at 1220 p.m. Pacific time, even though I think he might be awake for some of this stuff. Honestly, um, probably, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody who is joining us live, we really appreciate it. Please ask any questions that you might have, fantasy related or not. Um, talk about some trade deadline stuff. We're getting pretty close, man. This is real close. It should be one week, but it's not. It's a little bit more than that because of the move to the August 2nd deadline. By the way, July 31st was a Sunday, so it probably would have been moved anyway. They usually move it if the deadline is on a Sunday, but we get an extra two days now. And I imagine we'll do some sort of podcast uh, related to the uh, trade deadline. And by the way, a real quick reminder, that we are going to three episodes a week for uh, going forward. It'll be me and Colin uh, on the Tuesday show. It will be the Sunday Wiver Wire as well. And then it'll also be DJ and Drew on Thursday. I kind of 2 one three that a little bit. But yeah, three shows a week. Um, thank you to everybody who has been listening to the shows all year. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, let's start quickly by talking about the game that we just watched. And a team that is... I mean, the Phillies are like... They're their own universe. Uh, Lose uh, three straight to the Cubs, who are uh, bad, and have still a negative 68 run differential, but have won four straight. Good for them. But losing three straight after after the All-Star break, not looking particularly good going into this anyway. Colin, are the Philadelphia Phillies a playoff team? The answer, I'm going to say no. And while I said 
just a few days ago when we had our midseason preview, like I think I had them going into like the back end, maybe the final wild card spot here. It did a three game sweep by the Cubs to start off the second half of the year, which all came after that is enough to maybe make me change my mind now. Uh, and they just didn't look good in this series. Wheeler no. goes in the series. If you're telling me there's a series where Zach Wheeler goes, they should win one game out of it. They didn't. Obviously, Aaron Nola does not pitch in this series, so mm-hmm. he's been excellent. But the idea that he wasn't involved in here kind of changes the conversation. Either way, this is a Phillies team that has a phenomenal offense, and it just has not particularly been showing it off. And the pitching staff, specifically the bullpen, has always been a yeah. major a major negative to this team, something that I think a three game sweep in favor of the Phillies rather than against the Phillies right now, maybe makes Dombrowski and that front office a little bit more apt to try and make moves. I'm curious if this losing streak runs into this upcoming week a little bit, how much of a buyer slash seller they will be as the trade deadline looms, but either way, I mean, just not the way you want to start the second half of the year. If you are the Phillies with a, a cakewalk, at least on paper, matchup against the Cubs, and you don't come away with anything. Yeah, I mean, every time I will say this, I, I had Alex Coffey, who is an excellent writer for mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Inquirer on the show not that long ago, and it was when things were going particularly bad for the Phillies. Every time, it's it's the godfather thing. Every time this team looks like it's out, <laughs> they, they pull me back in. Like, the, the Phillies have been one of the streakiest teams in baseball, mm-hmm. and right now, obviously, the streaking – is not very good. Colin, did you happen to see the Nick Castellano stuff yesterday? Yes. Okay. Was that or was that not a stupid question? It was a stupid question. Does the response merit the the vitriol that was thrown out there? I don't think so. Probably do I think not. it was a, do I think it was a bad question? Yes. As yeah. members of the media, do we ask bad questions sometimes? Absolutely. Oh God, yeah. yes. No question about it. No argument here. As someone who as as someone as for hockey fans out there, I used to be a beat reporter um back in college for the New York Rangers, and John Tortorella was there. And he was always oh famous for his 15 very second nice test conferences where he would you'd ask a very normal question, he'd absolutely shove things down your throat with a five word response and then walk off the podium. And that was the end of his day. Um, That's what that brought me back towards where you're like, you ask kind of a dumb question and then you just get it absolutely face palmed in your face afterwards. So while I think it was a dumb question, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm, if I'm in full Castellanos, like how dare you even ask it? Yeah. I mean, look, you ask a dumb question. I think you get a dumb answer sometimes. Could could he have handled it better? What I would have done, honestly, is said nothing. Now, that's easier said than done for somebody who is struggling right now, who hasn't lived up to expectations whatsoever. Another guy who's been extremely streaky when Mm -hmm. he's been good, he's been good. When he's been bad, he's bad. For those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, a member of the media asked, uh, and we'll redact his name because. we're just going to do that. Um, asked, asked Nick Castellanos after the game if he could hear the booze. And he had a very funny response that said, no, I went deaf there in the bottom of the night. That's how it should have ended. I mean, that's perfect response to a, a I, I question like that. But unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, and then it's also worth pointing out that the video that has been posted on Twitter and all of that type of stuff has been edited. Yeah. It has been reported that Castellanos actually – 
brought the subject back up and I get it out of frustration and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But man, I get, by the way, Jonathan, John Tortorella with Philadelphia media should be very fascinating to follow over <laughs> oh, the year. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be real good. The second there's a losing streak in oh, Fireland, that yeah. is going to be a real rough marriage. Excited for somebody to ask if he knows where <laughs> Broad Street is. Uh, Cubs, I mean, this is not a good baseball team, but have one four straight. There are some guys here who I think could be really intriguing on the trade deadline. And one mm-hmm. of the yes. names that I just haven't heard brought up, and it's you know, it's possible I'm missing a contract situation or something like here. David Robertson has been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, picked up his 14th save, an ERA of 1.83. Now, is this the elite reliever that misses a ton of bats? No. I mean, that really wasn't even – there was a portion of, of David Robertson's career where that was uh, going on when he was a member of the Yankees, uh, yep. mostly as a setup guy and then as a closer late and with the White Sox as well. But he's more of a guy who initiates weak contact and stuff like that. If David Robertson gets traded to a contender to be a closer, I think his value jumps up considerably. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, it depends on what – he's going towards is he going to be a high leverage inning guy well that's why that's why i that's why i said closer specifically okay so yes if you're saying closer specific then absolutely i mean he's been excellent this year all of the metrics back up the stellar numbers that he's required that he's already registered Mm -hmm. put him on a team that's going to give more win opportunities i mean it's 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 simple logic there don't overthink it but the big question with him is just very much a what is his next role on a theoretical next team? Is it a high leverage inning guy? Is it a seventh, eighth inning guy? Um, obviously, I think he should be closing for the Phillies tomorrow. But does does that mean that he gets an opportunity to go be a closer somewhere else? I don't know. That being said, when you're talking from a fantasy perspective, I'm more willing to hedge the bet that he probably goes to be more of a high leverage seventh, eighth yeah. inning guy. Same. And if so... His value is as high as it's probably ever going to be this year. If there ever was an opportunity for you to try and package that deal with him and somebody else moving forward, hey, look, 14 saves, doing all of this, not necessarily going to be moved. Maybe there's a conversation to be had with another manager. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because he, I mean, 50 strikeouts in, uh, I believe, 36 innings now is certainly not like, uh, like he's a he's pitching to contact or something like that, but it's also not like elite for what we elite, are. It's, yeah. it's just not what the situation is. By the way, looking at this contract, uh, he will be a free agent at the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. It makes an awful lot of sense for him to get moved. Wilson Contreras did not play today. I think that was more of just a Sunday day off thing than anything else. But it's so weird to me that he's being talked about as a guy who may not get moved. So I'll just ask you this. I assume we'll record some sort of trade deadline show. Well, we record a trade deadline on August, or we record a podcast on August 2nd. Yeah, we do. Make sure it you're there for that, is, people, because that's going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just going to take the day off. Um, <laughs> I just want to look at the trades for a while and uh, really reflect for the next week. Um, no, that will not be happening. Is Wilson Contreras a member of the Cubs on Wednesday, August 3rd? No. The answer, the answer is if there's competent management in, in Chicago, the answer is should wholeheartedly and full-throatedly be no. If this is the same front office that 
moved on from Javi Baez, Chris yeah. Bryan, Anthony yeah. Rizzo last year. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason why Wilson Gutierrez is wearing a Cubs uniform on August 3rd. He is easily the most valuable catcher out there on the trade market. He is yeah, on the close. short list of just best overall hitters that we see to be available on the market. And you have to assume that someone looking at you Astros, and I'm horrified at the prospect, but looking at a teams that have are getting next to nothing offensively from the catcher position, Wilson Gutierrez can change that in one fell swoop for the next two and a half months. So sure. He needs to be wearing a different uniform come August 2nd. I think he is going to be, from a fantasy purposes, it, his value, I think, is only going to go up from here, considering he should be on a better roster with a better overall lineup around him. Yeah, I will say this. The only reason I think he might be able to stick around is I do feel like there is a better chance of the Cubs resigning Contreras than there sure. was a chance of signing Baez or mm-hmm. signing Chris Bryant. It seems like their relationship is a strong one. Um, having so said sign that, him in the, so sign him in the that's what, that's that. what like, I would be trying to do. Like do the is, John Lester is, to Boston move where he just know, steps and then comes back. Yeah. It, it's, it's totally possible. Um, I think Houston makes a lot of sense. I think Seattle makes a lot of sense as good as Cal Raleigh has been. Um, I still think a Cal Raleigh for Wilson Contreras trade would be a fascinating one and mm-hmm. a, a win-win for both teams. I'll be really curious. It should be an obvious yes that Wilson Contreras mm-hmm. is playing for somebody else, but all signs kind of point. It's kind of like the uh, the Freddie Freeman thing, where there was like it, it's the opposite almost actually. But where Freddie Freeman, he's going to resign with the Braves. He's going to resign for the Braves. He's going to resign for the Braves. He plays for the Dodgers. Um, it will be really interesting to see what comes around. This is not my favorite trade deadline other than the fact that, you know, Juan Soto's probably Juan Soto. Yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting question uh, from our buddy Ali. Is Jock Peterson droppable? So this is an interesting question to ask for somebody who is just starting in the All-Star game. But Jock right. Peterson's numbers are not great. I mean, they have been, they started off red hot. He cannot hit left-handed pitching. I think at the very least, it's something you could explore in three outfielder leagues, especially like is Jock Peterson guaranteed to be a top 35 outfielder for the rest of the season? I don't think so. Colin, do you think he's droppable? Uh, again, league dependent here. But if yeah. you're telling me it's a three outfield league of a 12 team league, is he a top 36 outfielder from here to the end of the season? Probably not. Yeah. Um, that being said, if it's a five outfield league, Sure. He's an all-star. Right. And he's an all-star. You know what I mean? Like at the very least, there's something to be said about a very well-known name who's coming off of an all-star, not just game, but a starting starting job here. If you think he's droppable, then that means he should be in trade packages left and right for you. Yep. Because I think his value is simply his name value and his actual value, I think, is better than those that are just currently on your waivers right now. So I would look to try and move him. If I, if I believe that he was droppable, then yeah, he should be part of a trade package elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's fair. And by the way, it is worth pointing out that, uh, you know, in April through March, a 1.127 OPS. I don't know why, I don't know why I said March. It's the way baseball reference has it. Obviously (laughs) we weren't playing games in March, uh, in May, 848, very strong, even though he had a 221 average in June, 274, 346, 534. That's an 880 OPS. Mm-hmm. Strong. July. 13 games start and 17 overall games. He is 7 for 57. 
if you're going plate appearances and seven for 50 in at bats. That's well, 140 with a 228 on base percentage. So at least he's drawing some walks. Yep. And a 220 slugging percentage has not hit a home run in the month. And look, we have seen Jock Peterson do this before. There are times where mm-hmm. Jock Peterson looks, uh, whether you believe locked in or not is true. We have seen the history of Jock Peterson being at his best, being very good and being at his worst. <laughs> There's a difference. Like the worst version of Juan Soto is this, and it's still, ex- it's, it's super valuable. Exactly. The worst version of Jock Peterson is a 448 OPS in the month. Worth pointing out that he does have a batting average of balls in play of 171 this year. Or excuse me, in the month of July. So that's there's some bad luck to go along with it. But yeah, I think he is droppable. It's weird to say about an all-star, but if you're playing in a league where you're only talking about 35 to 40 starting outfielders, I'm not 100% sure that Jock Peterson is one of those guys. Uh, one guy who is definitely a starter when he is uh, healthy, and uh, unfortunately he is not right now, is Rafi Devers. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately placed on the injured list with a hamstring injury, doesn't sound like there's a timetable here, but I'm here's hoping it's a short one just because uh, to say the fact that I want to see Rafi Devers swinging the baseball bat is the understatement. He's one of my favorite hitters to watch. So yeah. let's assume that this is going to be two to three weeks just because I don't have a concrete timeline as we are recording today. Who are some guys to um, consider for this stopgap to roster uh, while Rafi Devers is out? Sure. I mean, there are a couple people out there, obviously none that are going to give you the Devers numbers, but there are some people to at least patch over a hole in that boat before the leak gets too worse. Um, Wilmer Flores is still available in 35% of Yahoo leagues. He goes against Arizona and the Cubs this week. Those are two very nice matchups from a hitting perspective. Um, he's got 13 home runs and 51 RBIs with 48 runs scored on the year, an OPS of 763. Those are perfectly fine numbers that you can plug and play there. Yandy Diaz for the Rays as well, Mm. available in 68% of leagues. So available in probably in your league, batting 403 in his past 20 games. And he has a four-game series against Baltimore this week that you, again, like from a hitting perspective. Sure. Uh, Isak Paredes, look, the guy keeps hitting his way into fantasy lineups, and he deserves to be there, available in 61% of leagues. Ryan McMahon, available in 38% of leagues. He's got six games at Coors Field this week. So a nice little, a nice person to plug and play there. And if you are talking, if you have the ability in your, you know, you're playing with a corner outfield or corner infield um, spot, Vinny Pasquatino, still available Mm in 79% of leagues. He has four games in Yankee Stadium this week. That left-handed swing and Yankee Stadium is a pretty nice combo. Um, a bigger boost in points leagues because, once again, his eye has been very nice. 15 strikeouts, yes. 10 walks already in his short career. He is seeing the ball well. So in points leagues, even more valuable. But you got to figure that left-handed swing um, in the middle of that Royals lineup at Yankee Stadium, a nice little spot to potentially play this week. Absolutely. Uh, one guy I would also throw in, and it's partially because he's a nice guy to have in your bench. I think he's – for some reason, Josh Rojas is available yeah. in 44% of leagues. That shouldn't be the case. Uh, it's even better in on-base percentage leagues, you know, but with five homers, 26 RBIs, eight stolen bases, only hitting 268, but that's a lot due to some falters earlier on in the season. I really like Josh Rojas as an option. And then the other guy, if you can take the power hit, and I can't believe what I'm saying if you could take the power hit based on what this guy looked like as a prospect. But Alec Bohm, and Alec Bohm yeah. is having a very nice run again. He went three for four, I believe, uh, yes, right before we started recording. 
the guy can hit for average. The guy does not get on base and the power. I just, I don't know what's going on here with the lack of pop. He showed plenty of it in college. He showed plenty of it in the minor leagues as well. Here's hoping he discovers that power stroke uh, as time goes on. But at the very least, I think Alec Bohm is a guy who can help in the average category. And then um, Kyle Farmer, a, a, a kind mm-hmm. of a, a shot in the dart type of thing, has gotten a chance to drive in a bunch of runs playing in a um, bad baseball ballpark for uh, pitching. It is a very nice baseball ballpark. I am sorry, Cincinnati. I like your city quite a bit. Your chili is disgusting, but I really do enjoy your ballpark quite a bit. Let's see if we got some fun questions here. Yep. My buddy Chad, of course, the Sox have a minus 53 run differential over the last five. It's now minus 56 as he brings <laughs> up. Does Cora keep the job and do they sell some of their big time impending free agents like JD as a result of this absurd stretch? I would call this an absurd question about a week ago. Not sure it's that absurd anymore. They look awful. I mean, they look so terrible. I mean, my the my grandma Seattle Mariners. Um, you know, they're going to probably get swept the series. If I'm being completely honest with you, come back in and and tell me that I'm wrong. If you want, I'll be happy to be wrong. But they are going to lose no ground because Boston looks awful. Like, awful, awful. Um, J.D. Martinez, I think, might make sense as a trade guy. As a guy, maybe you could move and get something that could help you a little bit this year. You are not trading Rafi Devers. You are not trading nope. um, some of the other guys that, you know, <laughs> if they do, get the Boston Red Sox a new owner as soon as possible. Because what in the heck is the point of financial flexibility if you're not signing guys like Rafi Devers? But J.D. Martinez might make a little bit of sense as a trade. And as for Cora, I mean, I think he needs things to go real well, real quick, if he's going to keep his job this year, much less 2023. I got to say, this is the same ball. We have to remember, this is the same Boston team that, despite him getting suspended for a year, was waiting with open arms to bring him back. Yeah, I, I, He has a great relationship with Devers and Bogarts, and obviously those two, and Verdugo and Kike Hernandez. He's got a great relationship with a lot of those guys. I think things would have to go really bad for him to lose his job. This is a, this is a Red Sox team that stuck with um, Terry Francona through a couple last-place finishes in the American League East in between World Series championships. So I think, I think Cora's got a pretty decent leash there to the point where I – he would have to, this team would have to fall off a cliff and completely lose the locker room for him, I think, to lose his job before without giving at least a decent shot next year. That being said, JD Martinez, um, I think as I'm running through the Boston roster in my head right now, he might be the only guy who I think has, who the Red Sox have the ability to trade right now. Everybody right. else is young or just simply far too valuable for contract negotiations to, to not have broken down that far yet. He's the only JD Martinez is the only one with the expiring contract and the, the desire that other teams might actually want. And the Red Sox might actually move. He'd be a very interesting bet and would immediately vault into, I don't know, one of the top four hitters, if not, even higher than that, uh, who would be available on this free agent market. Um, that being said, it's just not in the Red Sox to throw up the white flag. And they're still not that far out of it, despite this horrific stretch that they're currently on. This is a team that still went to the ALCS last year. And there's a lot of 
quote excuses that you can give to this roster. Like, you know, Hey, we just get Chris sale back. And then he gets, it takes a comebacker off of his sure. finger. Like, what am I supposed to do about that? So I think the Red Sox still hold firm. The extra wild card spot, I think, keeps them in it. I still think they are more likely to buy than sell at the deadline. Because I'd hope so. Like, go. You have a decent farm system. You have uh, again payroll flexibility. You kept talking about it as the reason that you made that deal. Prove it. Show me well, it. So and show that me decent what, farm system yeah. is now at the major league level. Like, there's the, a lot of guys who are yeah. either on the roster right now or sure. in the you know the Brian Bello esque. Like, we're about to be there. You know, yeah. even if I'm there for a cup of tea, I'll be yeah. there very soon. So um, they have a lot of those young guys now at the major league ready position. Now sure. is the time we start looking at stuff. Even this, the Red Sox are not so short sighted that a horrific an emphasis on horrific like last seven games is going to change that overall view um, quite that drastic. I mean, I will point out, like you, you mentioned, like things going rough. They have one win in two weeks. They have won yeah. one baseball game in two weeks. I, I think that qualifies as going okay. rough. But I will say this. Because of Alex Cora's popularity, he does have a longer leash than, mm-hmm. say, if this was happening with Aaron Boone right now and the, and the Yankees yes. were at 49 and 48, I think Aaron Boone is going into the Sunday night booth right now if that was happening to be completely I agree. Honest completely with agree with that. But um, yeah, losing 13 to 2, 28 to 5, 14 to 1, Four one, and they're losing right now as we are talking. It is not a good time to be a Red Sox fan. The Celtics look pretty good. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a seventy yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The Campbells ask, what about Ramon Arias? Always seems pretty solid. Is this legit? It's a good question. Um, This was not a guy that I've always been super high on, to be completely honest with you. Um, But the numbers just always seem to be better than they suggest. Uh, A guy who's hitting 264 with 10 homers and 34 RBIs. Things have gotten much better for him lately. It's also worth pointing out, in Yahoo Leagues, which we love, second base, third base, and shortstop eligibility. Available in 55% of leagues. That's 11 out of 20, Colin. Is this a guy that you're adding? I think a lot of the Baltimore team right now is something that we have devalued over the last four or five years, rightfully so, because the team has been bad. But Baltimore is a sneaky good team right now. Yeah, they're fun. 
I mean, there's which means that this offense, which used to be like maybe two, three players deep, is now suddenly like six or seven players deep to the point mm-hmm. of like there's there's roster uh, not flexibility, but right, you know, roster insurance. There is suddenly players that you don't just have to pitch around and you're fine. Sure. Um, and I think Arias is absolutely one of those players, along with Jorge. I mean, Mateo, we just saw basically steal like four bases the other night. I mean, <laughs> if you're looking for stolen bases, he's your guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mountcastle and Mancini, we're curious to see if Mancini will st- still be on the roster on August 3rd. But um, obviously, Cedric Mullins in that conversation, Anthony Santander, like there is a lot of offensive fun in Baltimore right now. And I think a lot of people are not quite giving it the respect that it deserves. I think smart fantasy managers should be looking there because I think there are there are points and or categories available that that all the Orioles can give you right now. Yeah. And I will point out too, like looking at this Savant page for Arias. 92nd percentile in hard hit percentage, expected yeah. batting average, 77th percentile, expected slugging, 77. He's barreling the baseball well above average. He's a solid defensive player. I mean, if the Orioles were the poo-poo that they were the previous years, this would be a guy on the move, and the Orioles would be talking about getting a really neat package for. By the way, he has been red hot with the bat. I'm just looking at his page right now. He has multiple hits in one, two, three, four. Five of his last seven games, a couple of mm-hmm. uh, a three, a two three hit efforts there. Yep. Um, is homered in a couple of games. Yeah, I think I'm I'm riding this while it's hot. We are deep enough in the season now that you've got to start playing some hot streaks. And do I expect him to be in the 92nd percentile all year in hard hit percentage? No, I don't. That's an awful lot to ask for a player who has been a so so option, a guy that is more valuable to a team that isn't trying. Right. And, but that's not the case this year. He's been really solid. By the way, if Trey Mancini gets traded, Sarah's got to tell us first, right? Like we have. Uh, I, expe- I expect some breaking news tweet yeah, or a, yeah. uh, a DM. I expect one. a DM. Yeah, tweets no good. We no, we, no, need, no. D- we need want, that DM um, to know for sure. For those unfamiliar, uh, Sarah Perlman, who hosts the Bet the Edge podcast, is the fiance of Trey Mancini. It's uh, fun to say that we work with. Uh, a, a celebrity um, who uh, was I'm also at the ESPYS. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to crashing that wedding. Yes, absolutely. Oh my how. gosh, I'll find it. And yeah, I'll be abs- about it. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> Colin. We are two months away from this season coming to an end, and then uh, like another week. Two start options are very, very, very important right now. Always are given to me. Given to me. All right, we got a couple really good ones this week. Obviously, there are some absolute locks. Um, Nola goes twice this week. Freed goes twice this week. I mean, there, uh, McClanahan goes twice this week. Rodon goes twice this Oof. week. So quite a few really nice ones, but out there otherwise, um, Jose Barrios, let's talk about him a second. He appears to be back on track a little bit after the mm-hmm. horrible start to the season over his last 23 and a third innings. He has a 3.09 ERA, a 1.24 whip and 29 strikeouts to only four walks. That's really nice considering walks were an issue for him earlier in the year, only four oh, yeah. in his last 23. So we might be starting to see the emergence of him kind of getting back to, you know, his stats on the back of his baseball card. So he's got a matchup this week um, home against Seattle, which by the way, I mean, uh, St. Louis, which by the way, we just heard will not have Goldschmidt or Arenado yep. on that roster. So Barrios gets a Cardinals team without their two best hitters and home against Detroit. I like both of those matchups for him there. 
Uh, Tony Gonsolin continues to make the season his. Uh, I still very much, and I've said it on the pod before, and I will continue to say it again. He is at the top of my sell high candidate list simply because of he's never pitched more than 55 innings in a year and he's over a hundred now that being said still working just fine he's got a matchup oh, yeah. against the nationals and away at colorado i still like both of those matchups for him um getting down the list a little bit more uh cory kluber still available in 33 percent of yahoo leagues um, over his last three starts that's at boston home to boston and home to baltimore he has three wins two quality starts and has allowed six earned in 18 innings, striking out 15. Um, he gets, he's uh, at Camden yards and home to the guardians this week. I still like both of those matchups for him. Uh, Jake Oda Rizzi at Oakland and home to Seattle available in 65% of leagues four and two with a three, five, six ERA and a 1.19 whip across 48 innings pitched this year got a great offense behind him, good opportunities for wins in both of those matchups. And then finally, let's talk about Nick Lodolo a little bit for the Reds. Mm. He's got home to Miami and Baltimore this week, available on 81% of Yahoo leagues, uh, has 38 strikeouts in his last, uh, in 26 and the third innings this year. So the strikeouts are there. Issue has simply been just keeping the ball in the ballpark and runs off the board. So he is a far more volatile selection out of the out of the names that I've mentioned. But home to Miami and home to Baltimore are still two two matchups that I think are a pretty decent dart flow uh, throw for a guy who can rack up the K's quite like he can. Yeah, it's some good options there, especially at the top. Uh, Carlos Rodon is somebody that I keep thinking could be a really interesting trade guy. I don't think you can because of the fact that you are, if there wasn't an extra wildcard spot, I think this would be a really interesting name to be yeah. on the move. Uh, it is worth pointing out that because he hit 110 innings, that's all he had to hit to do this. He is able to op opt out of that contract. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he's opting out of that contract. I'll do respect to $22 million. Carlos Rodon is going to get the bag. He has now shown over a much larger sample size than what he's capable. Mm -hmm. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Real quick, talk about some prospect stuff. We are in a weird time right now where the majority of the top prospects are playing Major League Baseball. Um, 
Francisco Alvarez is interesting. I still think that it's going to be a late season call. Uh, Corby Carroll is currently playing in AAA, which I love, um, but I'm still kind of questionable about whether or not he's actually going to be someone who finishes the year. Um, let me let's talk about before we go uh, a prospect who unfortunately is sitting the injured list. Max Meyer. Yeah, uh, left his start on Saturday with a right elbow discomfort and unsurprisingly was placed on the injured list. I, I think I know the answer to this, but Colin, he's he's not somebody you can carry on the IL for the rest of the year, right? No, simply because I don't know how much usage he was going to get in that Marlins rotation, even if 100% healthy. Now there's just, it's very likely the Marlins will use this. I mean, if it's anything more than just like some general wear and tear, if it is mm-hmm. even slightly more than that, they have absolutely no need to kind of get him back this year. And right. he comes up for a cup of coffee in September and they just like, all right, just be ready for next year because he is too important of a piece for their overall future um, for them to be even remotely careless with his arm, um, especially in a year where they're not going to be a wild card team. So who cares? So no, it's very likely we might only see him for a couple more innings this year. He can hit the waivers in redraft leagues pretty hard. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's going to be unfortunately just a, a 2024 or 2023 situation. Now, this obviously can become a 2024 situation if, yes. if surgery is needed and stuff like that. But um, yeah, this is a weird time. A lot of the top prospects are either already playing on major league rosters or we've got a lot of talented guys who are in A plus or double A or even low A. Um, you know, we just had the draft. Drew Jones immediately became one of my top 10 prospects for because of fantasy stuff. The fact mm-hmm. that he can hit for power and steel bases. I'm also looking at my list here, too. I won't put the pressure on you to answer this question because you don't have a list in front of you like I do. I will say that the best prospect traded at the deadline is Jordan Walker. And I think that Jordan Walker is getting traded for Juan Soto. Well, I I was going to say that's the only place he's going if that's the case. You know, I was thinking about this. If there was (laughs) anybody else that you could trade Jordan Walker for realistically on the trade deadline – no, there's just no way. I mean, this is a guy who ranks seventh on MLB.com's list, but a guy who ranks uh, he's like eighth or ninth on my fantasy list. Chance to hit for average, chance to hit for power. I'm doing my very best, by the way, to stop saying chance for. There there's just aren't a lot of words uh, to use otherwise. But if I was going to say the best prospect moved, I would say him. Or uh, yeah, the next best, I think – Maybe you could see the San Francisco Giants move a guy like Kyle Harrison, who's very interesting. But that's a big – that would also probably have to be in the Soto conversation. I don't think you're moving him for Josh Bell. But this is going to be weird because there are so many teams – this is the good and the bad um, of this situation because of this extra wild card spot. There are very few actual sellers, and the actual sellers that we're talking about stink. And don't have guys that you really necessarily mm-hmm. want to make a move for. So, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you, what is the, I mean, so obviously because of the Soto conversation, everyone's top prospect is suddenly on the board. You know what I mean? Huh? Like, you know, we're talking Francisco Alvarez is on the board. Anthony Volpe is on the board. Jason Dominguez is on the board. Like every one of them is on the board. But For Soto, you're talking about, right? For Soto, of course. Yeah. But what I'm going to ask you is in the non-Soto conversation, who do you think has, what, what prospect do you think has the best chance of like, what is the best Ooh. chance of moving in a non-Soto division? Um, I will say Noel V. Marte. 
Okay. That is probably the best prospect that I think is getting moved because I could see Noel de Marte being the guy for like a Luis Castillo. The Mariners That's what I was have to ask. get yeah. another starter. Um, as good as this rotation has been, it's one of the reasons why they're in the position that they are. They are a playoff team right now if the season ended right now. Logan Gilbert and George Kirby are likely to have innings limits. So mm-hmm. I think something like Marte and some prospects for Luis Castillo will make sense. I, it's not a guarantee. I think that Jerry DePoto would obviously prefer not to make that move. Right. Um, and before we go, we'll just answer a couple of more questions. Yeah, uh, my buddy Chad, of course. Last one for me today with the Dodgers. Have planned out Dustin May's rehab. Do you think it'd be worth plugging in as soon as he's back? Since the pitch count doesn't look like it will be a big issue. As long as he's starting pitcher, yes. Dustin May is somebody that I'm absolutely adding as soon as as possible, Colin. Quickly, you agree 100. percent Yes, 100. percent And honestly, yeah. if he, if you're in a league right now, he should be uh, sitting on your IL if available. Yeah. He should. This is a type of guy who could change the type of game when he comes back. If he looks anything like he did before his surgery, I mean, he was looking like he was going to be a top 40 at worst pitcher. This yeah. is the type of guy you add to your IL right now, and you say, "I'd rather have him on my IL right IL right now than say, you know." Uh, Santa, well, sorry, Salvador Perez, who I don't yeah. know if he's coming back later this year at all. I'd rather have Dustin May on there. Did you see, by the way, that MJ Melendez hit leadoff for them? I did that's see a, that. That's, that's kind of fun. I, 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 lineup construction means nothing. Uh, yeah. So it is kind I just of like fun seeing to a catcher in the one yeah. spot. I cannot wait to see Vinny Pasquantino because he should be hitting leadoff, to be completely honest with you. He gets on base. Yep. Moneyball. And then final question here. Chris, what is your opinion of Nick Gonzalez compared to Curtis Mead? Baseball America removed Gonzo from the top 100 while Curtis Mead moved into the top 30. I'm not going to comment on so many others' list, but I will say that I have Curtis Mead substantially over Nick Gonzalez. I think Curtis Mead, he was the most underrated prospect in baseball. By the way, speaking of the Phillies, they traded Curtis Mead for Christopher Sanchez. <laughs> Whoops. Oops-a-doopsie-doopsie-doops. That is not a trade that they are going to look back fondly. I still think that Nick Gonzalez has a chance to be a solid player, but he's going to be probably a guy who has to have a swing change. He is a guy that involves a lot of movement in his hands and wrists. I always thought he was a little bit overrated based on the fact that he put up stats at New Mexico State, which is the friendliest of friendly of friendly of friendly ballparks. And also conditions. I mean, New Mexico State, thin air. Ball's going to travel there. Didn't think you'd get some uh, meteorology. Not just not just the thing for uh, putting a hat on top of to hide the fact that he has no more hair. Colin, thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Of course, um, sir. Yeah, this was great. We'll be doing this every week. Next week, we'll have my buddy Drewbert Silva. We'll kind of be previewing the trade deadline, I think, a little bit too, mm-hmm. since it's the show will literally be on the day of the trade line trade deadline. We really appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned if you're listening to this podcast. You'll hear. Both Colin and I, but we'll have it kind of reversed. Colin will be asking me the questions. Um, you know, he's good at answering the questions too, but uh, you know, it's, it's probably nice for you to take a nice little break to not have to come up with questions, isn't it? I mean, I'm not complaining. It was, yeah. it was it's a much it's a much lighter prep work when I don't have yes. to do any of that. Yes. <laughs> um, please hit the like and subscribe on the YouTube channel if you're watching live. I, I assume there's something like that you can do on Twitch as well. Um, on on Apple Podcasts and all of that stuff. Five stars. Really appreciate it. Um, You will hear us very soon. We really appreciate you guys coming out, and we'll see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.